Hi there, my name is Amri Sarn. I'm a managing director at the Israel Project, and today was a pretty big day on when it comes to Iran policy. The president in October took a number of steps that he said uh, that put into motion really this idea that either the nuclear deal, the nuclear deal that the United States and the world powers made with Iran in 2015, either the nuclear deal would get fixed or he would withdraw the United States from it. He said in October that in his assessment and the assessment of his administration, and you know, at that time, they had just done a six-month review of Iran policy. So he said in the view of him and his administration, the Iran deal was fatally flawed. It had given up too much and we had gotten too little. He identified in October three fatal flaws in the deal. Fatal flaw number one is the verification regime. While the deal's in place, uh, the Iranians have the ability to indefinitely put off inspectors from the UN's nuclear watchdog, the IAEA. Theoretically, inevitably, uh, theoretically, they can put them off for as long as they want, but in fact, they can even put them off without endangering the deal for weeks at a time. That's built into the deal. And then there are additional loopholes. That's, loophole, that's fatal flaw number one that the president pointed out, the verification regime. Fatal flaw number two that the president pointed out was that the deal shreds our ability to pressure Iran because it shreds the international sanctions regime, but it allows Iran to continue building nuclear to uh, continue building nuclear capable ballistic missiles. So the president said this is ridiculous. If we're giving up all of our leverage over anything that has to do with nuclear, how is it that the Iranians continue to be able to build nuclear capable missiles? So that's fatal flaw number two. And fatal flaw number three that he pointed out was the sunset clauses, what are called the sunset clauses, the expiration of the deal, that in about six to ten years, depending on how you count, the deal expires, and the Iranians are then legally allowed to build themselves a full-blown industrial-scale nuclear program that puts them uh, really a screw's turn away from a nuclear weapon. So those are the three flaws. The president said these three flaws make the deal not worth it. But he said in October, he said, listen, I'm going to give Congress and our European allies the time and the space to fix it, to negotiate amongst ourselves, the United States and the president and Congress and the United States and our allies, a pact or a series of pacts that would actually fix the deal. It would fix the verification problem by forcing the Iranians to force to allow in the IAEA. It would fix the ballistic missile issue by incorporating ballistic missiles into the deal. It would fix the sunset clauses by taking away the deal's expiration date. And he said that his patience isn't infinite and that Congress and the Europeans would have to step up. That was in October. Now, fast forward to today. Every 120 days, the president is required to sign a series of waivers that continue to lift sanctions. The reason for that is that Congress never revoked its sanctions on Iran because Congress hated the Iran deal. The Iran deal was opposed by bipartisan majorities in both the House and the Senate in 2015. And so instead of getting Congress to revoke sanctions, President Obama at the time just waived the sanctions. Well, fine, except those waivers need to be renewed periodically. And there's a specific set of waivers that come up every 120 days. There are waivers that are related to energy sanctions and to the Central Bank of Iran. And it was time again to renew them. And the president looked around and he said, listen, some progress has been made in fixing the deal. And he said, and I said, fix it or I'm out. 
Some progress has been made in fixing the deal. Enough to give Congress and our European allies an additional 120 days. But, he said, this is the last time he's going to waive. What this does is it puts a 120-day clock on the nuclear deal. Either Congress and the Europeans step up and convince the president that they've fixed the deal, or in 120 days he will withdraw the United States from the deal by not waiving the sanctions that he waived today. That's what happened today. In addition to that, he also imposed human rights sanctions in response to the protests. A couple of uh, regime bigwigs got sanctioned by the United States, including the uh, leaders in Iran affiliated with their judiciary branch, uh, their organizations that are used to promote censorship. That all happened on the sanction side and the human rights side. But on the nuclear side, what happened is the president said, the Europeans in Congress have 120 days to work with his administration in fixing the deal, or he's out. That brings us up to today. Now, the question then is, what happens over the next 120 days? Well, Congress has to fix the deal. It has to pass its own laws to fix the deal, and then our diplomats will work with the Europeans to get them to agree to those fixes. What kinds of things does Congress have to do? Well, it makes sense. The president said there are three fatal flaws in the deal that have to get fixed, verification, ballistic missiles, and the sunset clauses. So Congress has to create fixes for all of those. This now is becoming controversial. There are, we know from half a dozen articles that were published over uh, last Wednesday that there are two different bills winding their way through Congress right now. One on the Senate side that says this is how we're going to fix the deal. One on the House side that says this is how we're going to fix the deal. The one on the House side is pretty strong. The one on the Senate side has come in for a range of criticism. Uh, there were articles last week that talked about that, that said that the fix in the Senate, the Senate bill, in response to what President Trump uh, was going to say and has now said, the Senate bill is so weak that it risked open warfare with skeptics of the Iran deal. That's how weak it was. Uh, and so you can tell that things are pretty hot right now in Washington, D.C., for all that we are frozen in the middle of winter. This is as, uh, this is as robust a policy debate as you're going to get. So what kinds of things in the Senate bill are critics pointing to? Well, for each of these fixes, critics don't think the Senate bill goes far enough. So the Senate bill says we're going to fix the verification issue. We're going to fix it by saying that if the IAEA requests access to a site and the Iranians don't give them that access, then we're out of the deal. The problem with that is we know that the IAEA is reluctant to ever ask for access for anything controversial. In fact, in fact, months ago, IAEA officials, these are officials from the UN's nuclear watchdog, IAEA officials, said to reporters that they don't want to ask for access to controversial areas where they know Iran will say no because it would give the Trump administration an excuse to back out of the deal. 
And so you can see why critics are concerned with the fix on the the verification fix on the Senate side, because the Senate is saying, listen, we're going to fix this verification issue by saying if the IAEA requests access and Iran says no, well, then we're out of the deal. The problem is the IAEA will never request access. The second fix, and this is what you'd expect, the second fix is about ballistic missiles. And the Senate bill says, all right, if the Iranians continue developing certain kinds of ballistic missiles, we're out of the deal. That's how we're going to fix it. We're going to incorporate these ballistic missiles into the deal. The problem is, critics say, that the ballistic missile restrictions don't go nearly far enough. And in fact, in fact, the ballistic missile restrictions in the Senate bill leave out ballistic missiles that can be used to hit Saudi Arabia or Israel. And so you've got critics of the Iran deal now saying, wait, 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 this isn't a fix at all. This isn't a fix at all. What it does actually is it uh, enshrines a difference between certain kinds of ballistic missiles that are off limits and certain kinds of ballistic missiles that are on limits uh, or inbounds. And that's a terrible policy to have. And in fact, one uh, prominent Iran critic is already talking about this as permission, basically, to develop ballistic missiles that would target Israel and, and Saudi Arabia. So that's why the second fix is very, very controversial. So the first fix was verification, but it relies on the IAEA. The second fix was ballistic missiles, but it only applies to certain missiles and not the ones that would be used to hit Saudi Arabia or Israel. And then the third fix, sunsets. The Senate bill essentially says no expiration date on the Iran deal. That's incredibly important. The problem is that you can't have just that, is what critics say. Critics say, listen, if we allow the Iranians to continue developing their economy over the next eight years, and then things roll around, and they, and they decide to build up their nuclear program, they say, fine, it's our turn, and we say you're not allowed, and they say, you have no leverage over us, our economy is too strong, and the Europeans will likely side with them. So those are the three ways that the Senate bill tries to fix the Iran deal, and three ways that critics say it fails to do that in each case. And then there is something that seemingly came out of nowhere, but appeared in reports everywhere on Wednesday. And that is that there's a clause in the Senate bill that basically allows Congress to block the reimposition of sanctions, to preserve the deal forever, if they just have 50% plus one votes in the House and the Senate. So for instance, even if this bill is automatic, it could still be blocked by a future Congress just with 50% plus one. Now a president would have the opportunity to veto that, but if there's a sympathetic president, then it doesn't matter. So this is another thing that critics of the deal are pointing to as a huge mistake. This idea that Congress can simply block reimposition of sanctions. And the House legislation seems to have none of those things. We don't know as much about the House as we do about the Senate bill, but it seems to be a much, much stronger piece of legislation. And that really is where we are right now. That brings us up to uh, not just today, but that's how the debate in Washington, D.C. is going to develop over the next couple of weeks.